Hello, everybody. This is Ken Krogh and Tom Harrison with the Eternal Core podcast. We're excited today to have Jody Hildebrandt. She's got a massive podcast for 500,000 people. So we said, look, we want to be on your show next time. But for now, she's on our show. She's remote, so you're going to see her dialing in through Skype on one of our separate uh, videos here. Welcome, Jody. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ken. It's exciting to have you here with us, Jody. Thanks Thank for you your so willingness much. to come on. Thank you. Now, I understand we, we had a meeting in a, a local Chuckarama a little while ago <laughs> to talk through this uh, auspicious day. And um, wow, you've got some amazing things, uh, an organization called Connections. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how you got involved with all that? Yeah. So. Connections uh, kind of was created over a period of about 15 years, and uh, the last about five or six years, I decided to change the name of my company from Sunrise Counseling to Connections, um, because I started learning some principles about how to actually connect myself to God and teach other people how to connect, and so that's when I switched over to the name of Connections. Wonderful. Now, how in the world did you get into podcasting and, and, and have this many follow? I want to, I want to, I'm taking notes here. How'd you do all this? This is pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I lay in bed at night and think, I'm not quite sure how I got here. <laughs> um, Don't we all? I, I, was, I was spiritually prompted uh, to have a radio show one day, quote unquote, and I knew nobody in radio. And so I went to uh, uh, a family member and said, I need to start teaching people on a mass, massive scale, these principles of connection. And I need to get in touch with somebody in radio. And he said to me, well, why don't you have a podcast? And I had never even heard of that word podcast before. And I said, what is it? And he said, well, a podcast goes to the whole world. It's on the internet. And I said, that, that is what I need right there. And I went out to Southern Utah where I was living at the time and took a little microphone and stood in the desert and recorded my first podcast. And uh, it's, it, it's gone from there, all word of mouth. You just did it. When, when was that roughly, Jody? What's that? When did you do that? How long has it been? That in uh, the summer of 2014. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. So did you have any lizards join your first uh, <laughs> podcast out there in the desert? No, no, but a little, few little gusts of wind. I got some red dirt in my mouth. <laughs> but other than that, I was, I was pretty much alone. Oh, I love Dick's And I just said, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Let me just teach you a principle I've learned over the past couple of years and just started from teaching from a place of uh, the principle of control and how control is so destructive inside relationships. Wow. Always. Yes, always. And so many people seem to think that that's the only way to have a relationship is right. to have that element of control. But little do they know that they're destroying it right when it enters in. That's exactly right. Well, that is the, um, the counterfeit of connection. I'd call it disconnect. Right. So there's, there's two paths. There's a connected path and there's a disconnected path. And every choice we make either goes down a path of connection or a path of disconnect. So you're right. Every time control enters, they are actively disconnecting with each other and themselves. Well, it stops that eternal flow. And yes. anytime you control it, it's just like strangling that eternal flow. And what you're doing is you're actually stopping connections, eliminating. Right. But I think so many people think that if they don't control it, 
then something horrible will happen. No, it's the opposite. When you stop controlling, then wonderful things start to happen. Exactly right, yeah. exactly right. So what were the, some of the first uh, principles that you pulled together that had the most impact as you were focusing on connections? Teach us a, two or three of the things that, that would help us, you know, even today, do better with our own, our own connections. Do you mind? Yeah, you bet. So, um, again, this all came very slowly. <laughs> uh, and what I started realizing was um, that people were not willing, and I would call that humble, to be honest and responsible for themselves. And so over the course of probably five years, I figured out that connection is actually an outcome. Connection is governed by living three principles, I've learned. You must be rigorously responsible, you must be impeccably honest, and you must be vulnerably humble. And as you learn what those principles mean and then you choose to live those principles, you will have the outcome of connection. It cannot be controlled. Connection is, is this byproduct of living in what I call truth. Um, and so I started learning about that when I first started my internship. After I got out of school, I did the you know school thing, got my license, didn't have a clue what I was doing, <laughs> but I faked it really well. And um, that probably was helpful for me because I was humble. I was open. Right. I was constantly saying, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but allowing, and, allowing it to come slowly, as you said, it came slowly. And being yeah. open and being vulnerable allows those things to happen. I think a lot right. of people are frightened of that. But again, that is what allows it to happen, right. that vulnerability. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly how I experienced it. And it happened so slowly that I didn't even realize that I was being taught um, from heaven. Um, and my first client where I practiced these principles was a alcoholic um, and a drug addict. And he was a multi, multi-millionaire, very powerful man. And nobody confronted him. <laughs> and I was, you know, late twenties, early thirties, I, I was nobody in his world and he was in treatment. And I remember him becoming very angry one day and going off on his wife, um, and his children and blaming everybody in his life for his problems. And I heard very clearly in my mind, confront him. And I was like, uh, I don't know. He's really mad. I don't think that'll be good. And it was again, confront him. And so I don't remember exactly what I said to him, but I followed that guidance. And I remember him sitting back. I said something along the lines of like, all right, yeah, you've had a hard life. And yeah, this and this and this happened. And your wife loves you and you have three children at home. And, you know, and I just started speaking truth to him and he sat back and I, it was silent after I got done. And I thought, oh my gosh, what did I just do? I'm going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and said, how dare you? And I said, that's the truth. What you were speaking was not the truth. That is the truth. And I stood my position and my supervisor came in about 30 minutes later. And she's like, she goes, Jody, I don't know you. And she said, but you're going to be a really good therapist <laughs> said a few expletives to me <laughs> and uh she said and don't do that again 
<laughs> like, don't confront people like that again, because they're really upset and he wants you fired. But that's where it all started. And, you know, to, to tell you, five years later, I got an email from that man and he said, Jody, no one had ever confronted me in my life like that. And he said, and that's why I was sick. You were the only one that had the guts to tell me the truth. And that is why I got well. And wow. I said, well, you were nasty and you were mean <laughs> and you scared me. And he's like, thank you for loving me enough to tell me the truth. You always were honest with me. And ye shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yes. So I've had, I've had hundreds of experiences since then. Since then. I feel very um, um, empowered to speak truth to people because I watch people's lives heal, get connected. Wow. Well, the thesis of, uh, the thesis of our community that we're pulling together, as you know, Jody, is what we call eternal core. And our goal is to explore God-centric mental health. Now, there's been some really fun insights recently with us as we've been talking about what does the eternal core mean? And I was going to see if Tom wouldn't mind just take a minute and share a couple of those principles. And then let's talk through several of them if we could. I mean, even the first two, because I, I, I've just been through this process myself coming back from a, a massive car accident in a head-on collision at 55 miles an hour that completely took me out of the game. And, um, and, and, and it was these principles. I had tried everything else. And, and we now have a good name. We call it Eternal Core. Do you mind just jumping in for a minute, Tom? Well, I, I know that Jody understands these things. You know, the first one is I versus the I am. And, you know, so many people get so caught up in that I structure of it's all about me and it's all about my needs and you better be meeting my needs and moving out of that control I am narcissistic egocentric structure into I am, which is help me teach me who I am. Help me see the larger me. Help me see what's going on. And I think you just explained that with your example. This guy was so caught up in the eye. And so and everybody was bowing to the eye that no one would call him out on it. And you called him out on it. And he became angry and tried to use all of his control and power to get you fired. And then Nobody fired you, so I guess he thought, well, she's my therapist. Maybe I have something to learn here. Any comment about that one? Yeah, that's true. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at it from that angle, but that is true. I just felt fear. I mean, I, I really didn't know what I was doing other than I followed guidance. And I knew that I was speaking the truth. And I believe that when you speak the truth, you're connected. And so I didn't, I didn't have all the pieces together at that, at that point, but I knew that what he was saying was at some level creating sickness in him. Right. And then I also watched so many people literally bow to him because of his power and his, his, you know, his prestige. Yeah. So his reinforcing money. that I structure. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I worked at a treatment center where there were movie stars and people flew in in private jets and that didn't, that didn't animate anything in me. I, I didn't really, I mean, they were, they were sick. It's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, no, <laughs> I know you're sick. Do you want some help? <laughs> and so it helped, it helped that I was not in that eye with them. Right. And I could see, 
And as I continued to work with that population, it was the same presentation over and over and over and over again. That arrogance, that entitlement, that that false sense of power and um, importance, when really they were just hurting and they were scared and they were lost and they they barked really loud, but they didn't have any structure or foundation. Right. Let's I mean, see, I, jo- I, Jody refused to join him in that structure. And by doing that, that alone creates a modeling which starts a change. Right, and, right. And it, it, it starts modeling that connection yes. where, where then they think, oh, wow, this is a different connection. I am vulnerable here. I'm not yes, used to good. being this vulnerable. I'm used to making everybody else vulnerable. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Scared. <laughs> yeah. The, the second process that we really hold true to in, in Eternal Core is the idea of the three-act play. Yeah. That, that we were something before we came here. We are going through this process now, and this isn't all there is. There is something else out there. There are these three-act structure. Uh, what do you think of that concept, Jody? Absolutely. I, I agree with it completely. And what it does is it helps myself. I like the word model. Model for the people who come to me for help that this is just a, a experience that they're having. And it's not personal, this life experience. It's not personal. It just is an opportunity for them to practice choosing. They start choosing. And here's some more principles that I have learned along my journey. I love that. Practicing choice. Practicing yes. choosing. That's beautiful. Please, yeah. go ahead. So I've started realizing that there are only two paths in life. There is truth, which is honest, responsible, and humble. And there's distortion. Now, distortion came to me. Um, I, I heard that in my mind, distorting the truth. And I was like, ooh. And I just turned it into a noun, distortion. So you are either choosing truth or you're choosing distortion, just like you're choosing connection or you're choosing disconnection. Uh, We're making thousands of decisions every single day because God grants us experience. And inside of our experience, there is what I call inevitable pain. And then there's optional pain. Optional pain is another word for distortion. Inevitable pain is called truth. But we as humans, because we're kind of um, we're, we're kind of pansies, we don't like pain. We always move away from pain. And pain is actually a very powerful concept because it teaches us about oppositional force. And so if I can empower my clients to understand that their choice is the thing that is motivating them to go one way or the other, then they feel a sense of strength and power and capability to heal themselves, quite frankly, because it is I that is perceiving onto the experience and choosing which direction I go with every choice, every single one of them. So there's no, there's no space for enabling. There's no space for blaming. There's no space for, for shame, which is another word for distortion. There's no place for it because I can choose to not buy into that stuff, which I I just think is wonderful. I think so many people think that psychology and therapy and psychiatry and mental health practice, that they're these secret, difficult concepts. But 
everyone that I've inter ever interacted with like you, who has yeah. a successful program and a successful practice, has been able to bring it down to these very simple concepts that just most people don't do. You know, right. most people don't think of these very simple constructs and concepts which change lives. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, it is very simple and it is very challenging to see it happen in your own life. I was just talking to a, a guy the other day and he said, my goodness, I sat in group and you were helping so-and-so see control in his life and I saw it and I could see it and it was so clear. And then an hour later in my own session, I couldn't see it with my wife. What is wrong with me? And I said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just not used to looking at yourself that closely. Right. You could see him because he was outside you. Right. But, but you have to be vulnerable. There are those blinders that come on when we're dealing with self because right. it's much easier to say it's my wife's problem and right. instead of looking at what we're doing to contributing and moving into the complicity of those negative processes. Jody, right. where, and, go I was just going to say, where, where's your audience primarily focused? Is it, is it couples? Is it parents? Is it individuals? Is it people challenged with uh, addictions? I mean, where do you spend most of your time focusing? Yeah, well, um, that, Put you that's on the a, spot. So I started uh, with addictions. And um, I, um, when I left my internship, I opened up my private practice, and that's predominantly who was referred to me were people with addictions. And I, at the beginning, thought, you know, in order to help somebody with a drug problem, uh, that was different than helping somebody with an eating disorder or somebody who's a gambler. And then I started realizing through these principles that all of these addictions all had these common principles um, at play. And so then I started treating all addictions. And then I started realizing that, oh my goodness, this is actually for everyone. Like every single human um, is struggling with understanding the power of choice, and these two paths that are clearly outlined and um, the fear of feeling inevitable pain and that inevitable pain was a, is a good thing. It's a teacher. And so I started out with addictions and now it's kind of opened up to a, a an audience of man, women and, and children. Wow. So you started in a focused specific area, but your principles were universal. I mean, you're, you're talking yes. about truth and, and, and agency, right? Yes. Wow. Yes. And, and how truth and agency frees slash connects the human soul. You, you sort of walked us through a bit of a case study already with, with the, 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 the millionaire and confronting him openly with truth. What does, what does it normally look like? What are the milestones as you're working with someone? You know, what do you do first, roughly? What do they have to realize first? Is there, is there sort of a common pathway or is it all over the map? <laughs> My lights just went out. Yes, we're, we're getting this very eerie look of you. <laughs> you look like you, the truth. You look like you just moved into a tunnel there. Wow. Yeah. Goodness, my whole house just went dark. I've had lots of things happen on podcasts, but. You know, we can still but, see you, by the way. We can still see you. There your you go. Teeth, your teeth are illuminating you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wish I was down there with my uh, very strong flashlight. I would be shining it at you. <laughs> I'll tell you. 
I always wonder, I have really interesting things happen when I start speaking these principles, especially if it's going to get out to a big audience. Well, the darkness, <laughs> the darkness always wants to show its supremacy, doesn't it? It does. It, it, does. it always says, ah, watch, I'm going to do something. Let me show here. you what I can do. But this is kind of fun because we're getting this, this real time, this, you know, <laughs> this Holy is fun, fun. yeah. I so go, go ahead, continue yeah, talking about light. Maybe question. it'll change the <laughs> other <laughs> side. <laughs> we oh, only have five good. minutes left, so we're going to continue funny. this even with you in the dark. This will be a record right here. This will be yeah. one of our favorite okay, episodes. This, this will promise. go down in the archives. This is when Jody so, went into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> what so was our question? I, do. I don't remember our question. I, I do. So you want to know what I do first or what's my yeah. you know, process what's, what's to help people? What's the pathway people? look like? Yeah. So what I do is when someone um, is interested in working with me is I will just um, take uh, you know an hour, hour and a half and just hear where they've been. And most people come in with numerous diagnoses and, and I just listen to their history. I ask lots of questions, gather information. And what I'm listening for is their distortion in comparison to how much truth they understand. Mm. And then I just put in my mind, I put all that, all the diagnosis stuff over here and all the therapy and I put it over here to the side and I just start teaching them. I start teaching them about what impeccable honesty is, what rigorous responsibility looks like, and what vulnerable humility. So by the time they leave a 50-minute um, session or an hour and a half session, they have concrete tools that they can use against their own distortion. Wow. And then we just start from there. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What's their usual first challenge? Where, where, where do they start pushing back? Like this, the, the wealthy guy. I mean, I'm probably asking crazy questions. Well, he questions, pushed but... back and said, I'm going to get you yeah, fired. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm glad he was not successful. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Um, so the pushback is uh, several sessions down the road when we have a little bit more uh, safety between the two of us. Mm. And then I start going after their distortions because they like hiding behind their distortion. Like I can't, or this is too hard, or, you know, I've been clinically depressed for 20 years and that's just the way I am. Yeah. And so I start really digging at those distortions and pushing on them. And the people who are afraid to not take responsibility, they're the ones that push back. People who are in pain and they want solutions, they welcome this stuff. It's like, you know, the hallelujah chorus when I start teaching them because they immediately recognize truth. They're like, that makes so much sense. And oh my goodness, why has nobody ever told me this before? And that's as simple as this is. I'm like, well, it's simple in theory. Just get home and start practicing it. You're going to see how hard it is. And yes, it is simple. Um, but that's usually the people that push back or the people who do not want to take responsibility for themselves. And they'll either work through it or they'll leave. They'll self-deport, which wow. is fine because I'm not interested in working with people who don't want to change. Love it. Yeah, so that, that can become very fatiguing, can't it? Yes. Jody, we appreciate so much your willingness to speak at the conference on September 29th. Uh, excuse me, it's not September. It's uh, That's March, the next one. <laughs> March 29th and 30th at the uh, uh, Little America in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. But I, I'm sure that many people after hearing this will, will move to your uh, podcast. Tell us where they can find that. Where can they locate you? I, I, uh, the podcast or the 
um, website name is connectionsclassroom.com. Connectionsclassroom.com. Right. Jody Hildebrand. Now, it's spelled a little differently, right? It's spelled with an X in the middle, but you can get there either way. Connection okay. with an X in the middle or get there anyway. Thank yep. you so much for your willingness to come on yep. today. And may you have more light in your home. <laughs> <laughs> we already know you have it in your life. Yes, you have it in your life. May the lights come back on for you. <laughs> yes, I will go find out what's going on. This is one for our record books. Thanks, Jody. Yes. We sure appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.